Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Deeper Unity, presented by Pastor Jason Potter on June 2nd, 2019. Um, our, our lead pastor Floyd is on vacation this week, so if you see a little bald guy walking around, <laughs> ignore him. He's on, he's not here, he's on vacation. Relaxing and enjoying himself. Um, but I love it when I get a chance to introduce myself because that means that there's some new faces in, in the uh, congregation. So I'd like to uh, extend a, a special welcome if you're visiting us here this morning. And, and we're glad that you chose this uh, to worship with us this morning. So um, we're starting a new series. Last week we wrapped up our, our previous series. We're starting a new series this week called Deeper. Right, during this series of Deeper, we're going to go deeper into nine different characteristics um, of the church. And today, we're beginning this journey with unity. Right, so the, the series that, uh, that we're going through now is running in conjunction with this Who's Your One campaign. And I totally meant to bring up a bookmark, which I forgot. Can I borrow somebody's bookmark? Thank you. I brought all three of them. All right, so on this bookmark, right, of course, on one side, it just has the, uh, the Who's Your One logo and, and the website and some social media stuff and the, the pound Who's Your One. Everything has got to have a pound or a hashtag. Is, it's been renamed these days. Um, but the other side has, uh, has a couple things. So first of all, it has uh, the top part of the card where you can write somebody's name down on it. And then it, it, is, uh, it does have the tear-off, so you can tear off the card and separate it from the rest of the bookmark, if you so choose. And then it's got a, uh, a, a one-month or a 30-day uh, 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 daily guide on, sp on specific passages that lead us in, in the heart of kind of evangelism and, and stuff like that. And of course, day one starts, I haven't read all of these, but day one is John fourteen six, which is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. So it, it shows that... Uh, uh, why we need to share Jesus, because there's only one way to, to the kingdom of heaven. Um, day three is Matthew 11:28. That's a great commission. So it kind of just walks us through, through the heart of evangelism. And that's pretty much the, what the, the purpose of these bookmarks. Now, I know that you actually have three of them. Thank you very much. I know that you actually have three of them in your bulletin. And we're not, we're not trying to change this to the Who's Your Three campaign, right? Still the, the Who's Your One. Actually, if we were trying to make use of all of the bookmarks they sent us, we'd have to change it to the Who's Your 25 campaign. Because we have a ton of bookmarks back there. Um, but we do have three, and it's still the Who's Your One campaign. I'm going to explain what those three cards are for in just a moment here. Um, we're going to use one of them for our invitation time uh, this morning. So, of course, the concept, is I'm, I'm sure you've gotten from the video, is... Uh, is for us to identify one specific person, right? Somebody who has not given their life to Christ yet. Um, somebody who God has put on your heart and just ask God to show us how we can lead that person to a relationship with Jesus Christ. The objective is to grow the kingdom of God, right? Not to grow Sol Rio Church, although that would be a welcome side effect if that, if that happens. But as servants of Jesus, right, our focus is to be faithful um, to his desire for us to preach the gospel and for us to grow his kingdom, God's kingdom. To, to reach those who are not on the narrow path to heaven. To allow Jesus to use us, his servants, 
to help point someone towards the way of salvation. Now, for some of us, that person might be obvious because they've been on our hearts for, for quite a while. Right? For some of us, we may need to pray and ask God who to reveal that to, uh, who, to reveal that person of who he wants us to reach out to and who he wants us to, uh, uh, to just really invest in. Right? So at the end of the sermon today, we're going to take just a moment to write down that one person on all three of those cards. Right? So three cards, the same name on each card. And then after we uh, close in prayer, when the worship team is going to come up here and, uh, and they're going to begin to play, I'm going to invite everyone to come forward and to put your card, one of those cards, the first card, in the box that says, who's your one up front? And then also, if you have a tithe or an offering or a communication card, a prayer request, anything else that you would normally put into the collection basket, go ahead and bring those up as well. Place them in the same box. We'll sort the, all that stuff out later. Um, Right, so we will not actually have a collection team come around today with the collection basket. We want, uh, we want to give everybody a chance to focus on their one, and, uh, um, except for the worship team. They don't get to focus because uh, they're, they're going to be up here uh, uh, leading us. But once everybody uh, returns to their seat, then we're going to continue in worship. And then we also have uh, something specific that we want to celebrate as a church family as well. Um, so the first card right, is to be brought up to the front. And it's going to be dropped in the box. Now, they, they, these cards are going to be put up somewhere, um, probably in the back wall over there, and then be put out, out somewhere so that others can see them and pray over them. So if you don't want that person's identity revealed to everybody, you know, perhaps because they're sitting right next to you, um, then you can use an initial or mark it some other ways, right? Because when we, get to, when we come together and we pray over those things, God will know who that person is that we're, we're praying for. Um, so the second card... It's for you to keep in your Bible or your wallet, your purse, um, whatever it is you can put on the visor of your, of your card. It's a, it's a use as a reminder so that, uh, to pray for that person throughout the day and, uh, and to pray that God gives you an opportunity to have conversations with them and, and lead you in, in that process. And then the third one, and, uh, the third one might not be the most effective method for, uh, for everybody, but, and it takes some courage as well, but it's actually for you to give it to your one. Right? How special would that be if you're able to confront that one person that God's placed on your heart and let them know, okay, we're on this mission at, at church where we're to identify one specific person that we would love to see begin a, rela- a relationship with Jesus. Right? And, then, and to learn why uh, that's important and how it matters for all of eternity. Right? And you, my friend, are my one. And you actually give them that card with their name already written on it. Right? That's something that could be so impactful in their lives and your life. Now, of course, that might not be effective with every person. Right? There's some people who have been pushing back against God and and running from him um, for so long and so intensely. Right? That an approach like that could, uh, could scare them off even more or could... uh, it could create a, a, even a further distance between you and that person. It could cause them to harden their heart, right? So that there's, there's so many aspects. That's why everybody is an individual. God's got to work on their heart in his perfect way, and he's got to lead us in, in, in how he can use us to do that. Um, but it would be good to have that third card if that opportunity does present itself. Okay, so as we start this new, this new uh, series, Deeper, um, and you know, as we keep that in our, on our mind, our, our one, and, and we keep that in prayer, 
uh, let's look a little bit deeper into this topic of unity. Right, so looking at unity as a characteristic of the church, it's easy to see why we should all be unified. Right, Ephesians uh, chapter 4 is a wonderful chapter that addresses unity. Paul encourages, uh, encourages all believers to remain unified as the complete body of Christ, meaning all of the followers of Christ and all of the church congregations in all of the world. Right? One body of Christ to remain unified. In verses 5 and 6, he reminds us that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. And we had a guest speaker several months ago, uh, Nick Evans, walked us through that entire chapter whenever we did uh, our, our series on family and the and unification within the family. Um, but, you know, the, the ultimate unity that we see in the Bible is that of God himself. So it's what we describe with the word Trinity. A lot of people argue that the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, right? That's a description uh, of who God is. He's the Godhead three in one. He's God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit of God, right? one single being, yet three divine persons. Right? That's the ultimate unity. And, and I'm, uh, no matter how deep our theology is or how many times we've studied it or talked about it, I'm convinced that our minds can't fully understand how that unity works and how perfect that unity is until the day that God chooses to re- reveal it to us in his fullness. Right? And then there's the unity between us and the Holy Spirit. Once we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are fully and completely unified with the Holy Spirit. Right, so the flow of logic here is that since God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are fully and completely unified as one, and we are united with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, right, in which our bodies are the temple for, then we are fully and completely unified with God. And if we are all individuals completely unified with God, then we are unified with each other in God's church as the complete body of Christ. So picture this. Picture that this room here is full of a hundred pianos, right? And none of them are in tune with each other. And when they play the same song at the same time, it sounds horrible, right? And in 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 a genuine attempt to unify uh, them, you have these tuners that begin uh, tuning this one to that one and that one to this one. Right? Those ones to each other. And quickly, we start seeing some resemblance of unity. Right? Together as a group, they can play uh, beautiful music together. But again, when all 100 play the same song, the tune is still off. Right? That's a picture of what happens when we genuinely try to unify the church, but our focus is on people. Right? When our sights are set horizontal instead of vertical. These believers attend service at this church. Those believers go to that church. These believers follow this pastor. These believers follow a different pastor's teachings, putting the focus on the pastor. Right? This group is, is unified through the fellowship they have at their home Bible study groups. This group does outdoor activities together. This group is close because of all the mission work they do, right? There's all these different groups who are unified together. 
and 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 uh, none of this are meant to be examples specific to Sol Rio, right? This is the the whole entire body of Christ, the unity that Paul spoke about in Ephesians there. And great works are being done all over in the name of Jesus, but the whole body might be missing that overall unity that that God calls us to have, and what Paul has been talking about here. So now, what if instead, what if if there was only one tuner? Right, and instead of having a bunch of tuners trying to 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 bring the pianos together, what if there's only one tuner using one tuning fork, and all 100 pianos had been unified to that one tuning fork, that one focal point? Right, whenever they they're in their groups, they would still achieve that great music when they played together. Right, those great works would still remain, uh, would still remain. Those unities would still remain. But now, when all 100 of them play the same song. The entire body of pianos are in perfect tune with each other. And that's a great reminder of what Paul was talking about in Ephesians, right? Where he says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all, right? Because the Lord is our tuning fork. When all of God's people look up and, and allow the Holy Spirit to unify with them, then we can achieve that unity that the Bible teaches us. In fact, keeping God as the one focal point is the only way that we can ever achieve that kind of unity. John chapter 7 is a prayer from Jesus directly to God. Right? It's an absolutely perfect and powerful prayer. Well, of course it is. Jesus is a perfect and, and, uh, and powerful God. Right? And as Jesus reveals his heart in the prayer, listen to how important unity is to him. In verse 3, he says, And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the only one, or the one you sent to earth. Verse 9, My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from this world, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Verse 20. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will, be, that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me. Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. O oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Well, that's a goosebumps prayer right there. Can you imagine what that looks like? If the kind of unity that Jesus is praying about there? Can you imagine when the day comes that because of God's love and how much he loves us, that we are all united in that very way? Well, Jesus' prayer will be answered. That will be a prayer that gets answered. 
And all believers will one day get to experience that. Now, that obviously wasn't the whole chapter, right? That's just a part of his prayer. Please take the time to read the whole thing today. Um, we put that, that chapter in the handout so that you can take it home and you can read it multiple times, as many times as you want. There's no limit to how many times you can read that prayer of Jesus, right? The, uh, the red text, like, most, like many Bibles, I should say, the red text represents the actual words of Jesus. So I'd like to point out that the, only the first line of the first verse is not in red. The rest of it is, is Jesus' words to God the Father. Right, so reading that chapter should be crystal clear just how important unity is to Jesus. Right, and he put actions to his words. Right, he sent the Holy Spirit to us as a gift. And when we receive the Holy Spirit by placing our faith in our Savior, right, we are unified with the Spirit, literally unified. Right, the Bible teaches us that we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So I looked up the, the definition of the word indwelt or dwell, whatever tense you want to use it in. Right? And it says to be permanently present in someone's soul or mind, possess spiritually. Right, so by that definition... The Holy Spirit is permanently present in our soul and our mind. It literally possesses our spirit. He literally, right? the Holy Spirit is, a, is a, a divine person. He literally possesses our spirit. Uh, Pastor Jeffress out of uh, First Baptist uh, Dallas uh, preached a sermon where he taught that the Greek word that, that uh, dwelt was translated from is actually better described as embalming. And I, I, I tried really hard to find what that word was so I could actually use it as an example, but I can't find it anywhere. Um, but it wasn't lack of effort. Right? It's there. Um, but the, the whole point was that he was comparing the Holy Spirit of dwelling inside of us to the procedure of a deceased body being embalmed. Right now, embalming is a very sophisticated process. We can't do it justice with a novice conversation on a Sunday morning. And, and I'm not even going to pretend like I, I really have any knowledge on, on the subject whatsoever. Um, but I pulled up the most basic definition that I could find, right, just to paint that picture. It says, embalming fluid is injected into the arteries via a tube connected to a, an embalming machine. The fluid is a combination of water and uh, preservative, pres, pres, I'm going to say, pretend like I said that right, preservative uh, chemicals such as uh, formaldehyde. And a chemi this chemical dehydrates and it hardens the tissue, and the fluid's presence is inside the body. So why would it be necessary to, to define that and, and to talk about that in a sermon, right? Well, it really drives home the point of how permanent the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the believer is. Right? Once the body has been embalmed, there is no possible way to undo it. It's permanent. It's forever. The body and the fluid are truly merged and nothing can separate the two. This is the picture that, that uh, the Bible paints of the Holy Spirit coming inside of us. Right? So when a believer is embalmed or indwelt with the Holy Spirit, whatever word we translate it into, we must understand how permanent that truly is. We belong to God and we cannot be separated. So it should provide a complete perspective to how permanent we are in our belonging to God. And then when, 
when Paul says things like he does in Romans 8.38, which is that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right, so when we give our lives to Christ, we become children of God. We are indwelt with the Holy Spirit permanently and completely. And no sin or evil force can do a darn thing to separate us. I got a little worked up when I was writing that. I actually wanted to use a, a, a word stronger than darn, but I was afraid that Floyd would get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, well, he's on vacation. I could have totally done it. You're right. <laughs> so how can we tie this back to who's your one? Right, if you belong to Christ, you have been indwelt with the Holy Spirit in the very way that we just described. Right? We are embalmed with his spirit. Wouldn't you want your one to have that same unity in the Holy Spirit? Right? The heart of evangelism is that we desire that all people come to know Christ. Right? All seven billion and some odd that we saw on that screen in that video, we want them all to know Christ. Jesus says that himself. He says his desire is to all come to know him. Right? But the who's your one gives us a practical way to kind of reel in that big vision and in focusing on one individual gives us a, a place to start with that one specific person that God has placed on your heart. And then we get to see what he does next. Right, we have the whole multiplication concept that one, we reach one, that person reaches another, those people reach other, and then it multiplies, right? But, but the, the, to reel it in into something practical and, and something, uh, uh, something that we can do right here, right now, being faithful to God's word is to focus on that one. <coughs> so hopefully your one has been revealed to you by now. So we're going to pause here just for a moment so that you can write down your one on all three of those cards. And so we're going to close our service out in prayer. And as soon as we're, we're done praying, as soon as we say amen, um, please bring your one up to the box along with any uh, communication cards or tithe offerings that you, you may have. And then return to your seats and we're going to uh, continue with a, with a little bit of worship and, and celebration. God, we give you all the praise in the world, Lord. We praise you for your greatness, for your perfection. Lord, everything we are is because of who you are. Lord, we thank you for sending us Jesus Christ. We thank you for what he did on the cross and his heart for unity. And Lord, and, and what he did on the cross is a direct result of how we can have unity, Lord. That he paved that path for us. He showed us his heart and then he stepped into action to pave that path so we can have unity with you and we can have unity with each other. Lord, thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Thank you for embalming us in a way that we know that we cannot be separated, Lord, that we can have the, com the, the, the confirmation and the confidence that you are with us always. Lord, I pray for our ones and all the, the names that we wrote down on the card. 
We pray that uh, you lead us in a way to, to, to show them your love. Lord, we pray that you reveal yourself in a way that only you can, Lord. That you create that faith so they can walk with you and they can have that Holy Spirit dwell in them in the same way that we do. Lord, I pray for anyone here who might not have the, the Spirit dwelling inside of them, Lord, anybody who hasn't given their life to Christ yet. Lord, I pray that they see that they can do that at any given time. At any moment in their life, they can cry out to you. And in that very moment, you will forgive them for all their sins and send them the Holy Spirit so they can experience everything that you have for them in eternity. Let's take just a few moments here to pray for the one on your card. Now think of someone sitting close beside you. And know that they have a one on their heart too and pray for that person. You don't need to know who it is, but pray that God uses them and builds that relationship so that someone can come to know Jesus. Lord God, we love you with all that we are. We pray that you use us in all that we do to bring glory to you. And you give us the heart of Jesus so that we can can lift up the value of unity in the same way that he did, Lord. And we can enjoy the, the fruits that, that you're going to give us as we work to, to give you glory and bring glory to your name, Lord. All, the, the, all of the greatness belongs to you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio, and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.